23rd floor at the Blue Hill Town Hall Theater. Final showing July 24th at 7 p.m. Tickets available at the door or at the Blue Hill Library. More information at 374-5556 or www.newstorytheater.org. The swift is the mystic among birds. He is aloof from other birds apart from life. He is never seen to perch. I've heard and seen them long after midnight, whole cohorts of them wheeling in the sky, their cries sounding like the thin jingle of a frail chain. From Henry Williamson, the English novelist and naturalist, 1897-1977. Good morning, everyone. I'm Rob McCall. This is the Awanajo Almanac, a collection of natural and unnatural events, rank opinion, and wild speculation devoted to feeling at home in nature and breaking down the wall of hostility between us and the rest of creation. And Awanajo is an Algonquian word meaning small, misty mountain referring to Blue Hill Mountain or your mountain. And this is the almanac for the first quarter of the Sturgeon Moon. Natural events for this quarter moon. Around this time of the summer, we notice the short crescent shapes of chimney swifts twittering and darting around in great loops that slice the evening sky like little scimitars. Sooner or later, if you watch long enough, and if there's another house near enough by, you'll see a swift fly through a high arc and then straight down into the dark maw of the neighbor's chimney at full speed. It's a marvel that they aren't dashed to bits on the hearth, but somehow they halt their plunge and catch up on the inside of the chimney. And it is there they build their nests during the season of the year when it is least likely that the chimney will be smoky and hot that is, late summer. Other birds nest and may raise their young in the spring, but not the chimney swifts. One day when I was younger and even more foolish, with no instruction whatsoever and the youthful conviction that if I didn't know everything already, I soon would, I determined to start myself out in the chimney sweeping business. I'd heard that the old-timers would tie a rope around the legs of a goose and force it flapping and honking down the chimney. Being too tender-hearted to treat a goose this way, I gathered some steel strapping and tubing from the dump and bought some threaded rod at the hardware store, and I soon constructed three sizes of crude chimney brush. And thinking that August would be a good time to start cleaning chimneys for the same reason that the Swifts choose August to live in them, though I didn't yet know why, I climbed onto the roof of the Colonial Farmhouse in West Concord, Massachusetts, of which we were the caretakers, and lowered one of my steel brushes down the chimney. As it descended, I could hear an avalanche of matter showering down into the huge fireplace below, while a cloud of dust and soot rose from the chimney, filling my nose, blackening my face, and floating into the blue summer sky. After several passes with the brush, I came proudly down off the roof and strode into the house to clean 
the debris out of the ancient fireplace. On the hearth, I found a pile of brick-red dust, gray ash, and shiny black creosote. But under this heap, I saw a faint movement. Reaching into the mess, I uncovered a small chimney-swift nest. It was like a half-moon, flat on one side, where it had been affixed to the inside of the chimney. It was carefully fashioned of tiny twigs, glued together with a shiny wax, and in its half-pocket were two naked, blind, squirming hatchlings, about the size of the last joint of my finger. My heart shook at what I'd done. Trying to be harmless, I had done harm. Trying to be kind, I had been cruel. I knew that these tiny, helpless swifts were doomed, and that the twittering cries of their parents, who had wisely obeyed the waves of the ages, were soon to be echoing down the empty chimney. Not wanting to delay the hatchlings, and I drowned them in a bucket of water, and I never again swept a chimney in August. And Thirty-some years later, I still cringe at how an ignorant and innocent man's plans can crush the primal generative wisdom of a tiny creature. I know even less now than I did then, but maybe I'm a little less foolish too. And so here's a seed pod for you to carry around with you this week from Francis Thompson, the English poet, 1859 to 1907. All things by immortal power, near or far, hiddenly to each other linked are, that thou canst not stir a flower without troubling a star. Well, that's the almanac for this quarter moon, but don't take it from me. Go out and see for yourself. <laughs>